0: All right, turn in your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 8. We're going through this great chapter. And uh, thank the Lord for the freedom and the liberty that we have in the Spirit of the God. Amen. And I believe when you get saved, you receive the Spirit of God. Romans 8 9 says, if you do not have the Spirit of God, you're none of His. Uh, there's no second blessing of the Holy Ghost. What the blessing is is that you yield to the Holy Spirit after you get saved. But I preach on uh, verses 1 through 3 on the deliverance. Of uh, the spirit, and then the difference of the spirit. And this morning, I want to preach on the delight of the spirit-filled life or the spirit life. You know, uh, we're not debtors, as verse twelve says, to the flesh, to live by the flesh, and to live after the flesh. We're saved by the grace of God to live for God. Amen. And young people, you ought to get excited about the Lord. Look around, and see all the smiles of these adults. See how they're smiling. Praise God, they're excited about being here. I mean, they're all smiling. That's the way you ought to do it, amen? Take after them, amen? No, don't take after them. Take after Jesus, amen? But we ought to be happy we're here, amen? You ought to be excited. There ought to be a thrill. All you Georgia fans are smiling. Come on. I noticed there was no social distance and a lot of shouting last night, amen? Well, Clemson was socially distant from the end zone, but it was a, it was a blessing. Uh, to see everybody together, laughing and and uh, having a good time, uh, and I know they're all in Sunday school this morning. But uh, you know, uh, thank the Lord that we have something more to shout about Amen. and more together about. And I hope we don't have to go back to socially distance Right now, we are distant because there's nobody here except you, and so we can just spread out. Amen. Everybody's got one uh, one to a pew, but uh, it could be worse. Amen. And I want to take this opportunity to thank the uh, junior church workers. Uh, Brother Chris brings in a lot of children, Brother um, uh, Trumbull and his wife. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. I don't know if Bethany got saved as a result of being brought here when she was a little girl, but I hope she did get saved. Because I'm going to tell you something, this morning, that's the only thing that counts in her life. Because she's in eternity. Uh, a Ford Fusion hitting a Ram, Dodge Ram truck head-on. Uh, there's a lot of people in eternity. I think three or four died in that accident on Hag Mill Road. And I want you to know this, friend, the only thing that really counts is if you're saved. But before you get to heaven, you ought to enjoy yourself, amen? And that's what these verses, verses 13 through 17, talk about. And I know I hit a little of this last Sunday night, but uh, I, wanna, I want to uh, start with verse 13. Let's stand on the Word of God, Romans chapter 8. I love this chapter. Don't get caught in Romans 7. You'll be in your eye. I, I want to do this and I don't end up doing it. I want to do good and I don't end up doing it. The flesh cannot make it. But the spirit can. Folks, the Christian life is a spiritual life. Look at verse 13. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall Live. Amen? amen? Ye shall live. That ought to get you excited. You have life this morning. Amen, church. I'll amen myself. But it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit, that's exciting, of God, they are the sons of God. Aren't you excited about that? You're in the family of God. We ought to sing that song, Brother Jeremy. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption, I like that, whereby you're, you cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. For if so be that we suffer with him, this is coming down to reality now, that we may be also glorified together. So I want to preach just a few minutes on the delights of the spirit life, or the delights and the blessing of being saved. Now Tuesday night, the preacher was running around here with a fish in his hand, and all the children loved it. I don't have no fish, but I got the word of God. And what a service we had Tuesday night. So let's ask God to bless this morning, because we can't depend on Tuesday night's blessing. You may be seated as I pray, because I might pray a while. Father, thank you for the chance to preach one more time on this side of eternity. And Lord, I thank you for the 43 years I've had the privilege of preaching behind this pulpit and other pulpits in this, in this same room. And What a blessing it's been to be the pastor of this church. But God, I thank you most of all that I can be your child and that I can be a good Christian and that I don't have to live by the flesh to please the flesh and the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But God, I can please you by faith through the Spirit. So Lord, fill us with your Spirit to preach, and fill us with your Spirit to listen. And we'll praise you for changed lives, because Lord, I believe somebody's going to get saved this morning, and somebody's going to get tired of living for this world, and straddling the fence, and give their all to Jesus, and be filled or controlled by the Spirit. Lord, we pray this for your glory and your honor. Amen. I love being saved, don't you? I mean, I'd rather be saved than anything I know. I was 11 and a half years old, a son of a drunk. My daddy wrecked cars, burnt the house up, almost. And um, it was a tough life. I was so nervous as a child that I stuttered until I was about seven or eight years old and went to a special class with earphones on so I could read, Spot loves Jane, Jane loves Spot. That's a reader that y'all probably never seen. And um, and I thank God that the Lord saved me out of all that. And then, then the Lord saved my daddy while I was preaching uh, several years back. And he was 63, died when he was 70, of cirrhosis of the liver and pancreatic cancer. And he said the only regret he had was that he only lived seven years. See, he that hath the son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You're just existing. You're just marking time. But if you're saved, you're delivered from just living and you can live the abundant life. And so, my first point is this when you're saved, you have victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. You have victory. Folks, I mean, you don't have to be a subject to the flesh, you're not a debtor to the flesh, you don't have to live by the whims of the flesh. Or the wiles of the devil. Or you don't have to live by the dictates of this world. Politicians shouldn't run your life. Celebrities shouldn't run your life. Sports shouldn't dominate your life. I'll tell you what ought to dominate your life. The Holy Ghost of God. You're saved. 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 Three tenses. You're saved from the penalty of sin. But presently you're saved from the power of sin. And one day, thank God... And I'll preach on this tonight. You're going to be saved from the presence of sin. You're going to be delivered from this world. And so there's victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I want to say this. You can't fight the battle in the flesh. I wish somebody had told me this right after I got saved, that it's a warfare, not a party. It's a warfare, not an entertainment to this morning. You know, we're not here to see the praise team. I almost got the choir to come out and stand behind the microphones. There's nothing wrong with that. Just the right kind of songs, and say, y'all can be the praise team this morning. Amen. We ain't got enough for a choir, but boy, the choir did great. But I want to say this, friend, thank God that we have something to praise God about. And that's being saved. Don't get over it. Some people look like they've been baptized in cinnamon persin- juice uh, and uh, or vinegar, and, or their mother-in-law's come to live with them for the rest of their life. Folks, we ought to be happy. Amen. I got in trouble that one time. Uh, Brother Daryl, your mother rebuked me for that statement. But anyway, I want to say this, folks. The flesh is weak, it's wretched, and it's wilting. And you cannot fight the warfare. The warfare. I wish somebody had just told me, right after you get saved, you've joined the war. You're not just a soldier. You're a warrior. There is a warfare. And if you don't believe it, read Romans 7, sometimes 13 through the end of the chapter. He was in a warfare against his flesh. Your flesh says stay at home this morning. Your flesh says don't listen. Hey, some of your flesh says let's just sleep during this. Preacher only, you know, study hours and hours and hours to deliver this message. will not we just sleep? There's something about these pews that are comfortable, aren't they? Amen. I mean, you'd think you was in a recliner, praise God. Amen, I you know, it's just comfortable. The devil wants to make you comfortable. Stay awake. But I want to tell you something. We need to be awake spiritually. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I preached on the mind last week about how the, how the devil wants to have a warfare in your mind. Garbage in, garbage out. Bad thinking leads to bad living. We're trash collectors instead of treasure collectors. So, real quick, we all we want to believe the bad news about everybody, but you ought, to li- you ought to listen to the good news. If you're saved, you're going to heaven. Amen? But look at 2 Corinthians in chapter uh, 10. I love this chapter. I love all of them, don't you? Say amen. How many love the Bible? Say amen. amen. Brother Jeremy in September is going to be t- uh, teaching and preaching on the King James Bible, why we believe it's the only Bible you ought to read on Sunday nights, coming up soon. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, amen? I'll be there in just a minute. But I want you to look at verse 3. This is exciting. It says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not, what's the next word? War after the flesh. That means, number one, we're in a war. And number two, it means you can't win that war unless you're in the spirit. But look at this. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We've seen that word a lot, haven't we? But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So he wants to get a stronghold in your life, children. You give them an inch, you'll take a mile. Look at verse uh, 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Folks, some people don't think they need God. Some people don't think they need Sunday school. Some people don't think they need to come back tonight at 6 o'clock. If you could see the imps of hell for a second, you'd run back to the church of God that's trying to ruin your life, ruin your children's life. There's nothing like the local church, amen. A lot of people have substitutes for the local church, but I want to tell you something. The local church is precious because he bled for that local church. I'm talking about you, the gathering of God's people, the ecclesia, the called out assembly. And folks, why do we assemble? To encourage one another. I love the fellowship, don't you? Thank God I love to be with my family, the family of God. When I can't come, it kills me, amen. I thank God for the years I've had of health that I've been able to be in this pulpit uh, all these years. Amen. But I want to tell you, folks, we can't fight the battle in the flesh. Our warfare is not carnal. It's spiritual. Um, and, folks, the Bible says back in our text in verse uh, 13, For we live after the flesh, you, we shall die, but through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of Of the flesh. That's where we get the word mortuary. Folks, the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Folks, you know what that's saying? You can die to what you want and live for what he wants. You can die to self and live in the spirit. It's a spiritual awakening when you get saved. But it's a spiritual victory when you live every day yielding to the spirit, not the flesh. We're not debtors of the flesh. John 10.10 says this that the Lord's come to give you a life and life more abundant. But the thief has come to steal and to kill. Folks, he wants to rob you of what's important. He wants to rob you of victory. He wants to rob you with a night of sin that'll ruin your life. You know, a lot of people end their life prematurely because they're in a sinful place and God takes them home early. But I want to say this, friend. uh, There's suicide on the installment plan. It's called sin. Every day you sin. And folks, listen, we need to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to give us victory over self, sin, and the world. I like that word mortify. Minds me of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Turn with me there, please. Colossians chapter 3. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And uh, look at verse... Uh, 1 through 4. This is our description of our great life as Christians. It says, ye then be risen with Christ. Did you hear that, young people? When you get saved, you pass from death unto life. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says that you're dead in your sins and trespass. God literally brings you to life. What a victory. What a blessing. But it says this. uh, It says, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you're dead and your life is is hid with Christ in God. Folks, the only way to die to self is the spirit. The only way to die to what you want is the spirit. The only thing to die to the flesh and the worldly flesh and the lust of the flesh is the spirit. Folks, you cannot live the Christian life without yielding to the Spirit. It's not willing and dealing. It's yielding to the Spirit. It's victory. That was won at Calvary. But it's victory that was demonstrated at the resurrection. And you're part of that resurrection. When you get saved, you pass from death unto life. But let's go on, verse four. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And look at verse five. Now here's this word I was trying to get to. mortify. Mortify. Would you circle that word? Are you in the habit of circling words, highlighting them, or at least look at it? Amen. It says, "Mortify therefore your members, which are upon the earth: fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake, the wrath of God come on the children of disobedience." Now, I don't want the wrath of God to come on the children of disobedience. And, folks, I want to tell you something. The only way to live a Christian life of victory is die to self. Die to self. Die to the flesh. And folks, we must reckon ourselves dead indeed into sin, but alive into Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. And so it's a warfare. If you don't believe it's a warfare, Ephesians chapter 6. I know I'm showing you a lot of scripture, but what are you here to listen to? Amen. Amen. Um, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about that warfare, but I'm going to just read a couple of verses in that whole armor of God. It says this, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Let's back up to verse um, uh, 10. Finally, my brethren, Ephesians 6, you with me? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know what the wiles of the devil is? That's a strategy. You know, uh, football players and teams have a strategy. They have a game plan, and they uh, uh, go through that game plan every day to get ready for the big game. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it don't work. But I want to tell you something. This always works. It's called the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Can somebody say Amen, amen. folks? You got a weapon. The sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It used the sword of the spirit. The spirit uses the word to defeat the flesh, to defeat the world. But look at this. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against rulers, but uh, against the rulers of the darkness. It says, of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, taking to you the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. How many would agree with me that we're in the evil day? I've never seen such an evil day. I didn't think I'd live to see such an evil day. It says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. What truth? The word of God, but also the truth that you need God. And the truth is you're in a war. Folks, listen, this is not a casual show up on Sunday morning, we're in boot camp. God is training us. God is equipping us. God is encouraging us to yield to the Spirit. It's victory. Look at this. It says, and having done all, having on the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to live right because when you get in the battle of the devil's accuser, he'll start reminding you of how sinful you are. And it says, "In your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, take the shield of faith, Uh, with wherewithin you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. He's shooting fiery darts at you. And it says, take the helmet of salvation. That's that's assurance of salvation. That's eternal salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Look at verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all prayer Perseverance and supplications for all saints. Now what's it mean praying in the Spirit? Some people say children that it's some ecstatic tongue that nobody can understand. That's praying in the Spirit. And that you can't even understand. Now I have a hard time with that because I pray something I want to know if God's answered or not. So I pray in English. I really pray in hillbilly. That's what I speak best. And the Lord understands that. Amen. And He understands my need. He understands my cry. And so it's not some spiritual experience where you don't know what you're praying. What you do is you're led by the Spirit. And that's what Romans 8, 26 says, that he knows the will of God better than you know the will of God. He knows what you need better than you know what you need. So you need the Lord. And you need salvation more than you need $100. It would be nice to get $100. If somebody gave you $100, would you take it? You would? Okay, I knew you would. Amen? But I want to say this, folks, better than money, And better than popularity and better than the things of the world is to live in the Spirit. So you have an option when you get saved, children. You can either live in the flesh or live in the Spirit. And when you live in the flesh, you cannot please God. When you live in the flesh, you'll sin and you'll give in to the world and you'll be led about like a puppet in the world. But when you're led by the Spirit, when you're led by the Spirit, that's my next point. Look at verse 14 back in Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want to tell you, there's some delights in the spiritual life. Number one, we have victory. Victory is won at Calvary, and victory that comes by yielding to the Spirit of God in the warfare taking of the Spirit of God, the sword of the Spirit, and defeating the devil in his lies. How many has ever been discouraged? Raise your hand. How I many ever been depressed? Raise your hand. And the rest of you come to the altar for lying. Amen. We've all been depressed. We've all been discouraged. You say, no, no, I'm too spiritual for that preacher. I'm just concerned. Well, whatever you are, you need God's encouragement. And you need the Spirit of God to give you peace. And I want to tell you something, the greatest peace that I know of and the greatest joy that I know of is walking with God. His presence. See, by the Holy Spirit, You can walk with God. I want want that to sink in. By the power of the Holy Spirit, once you get saved, you're going to go to God when you you die, but what about before you die? Everybody wants to sing about the sweet by and by. What about the nasty now and now? And folks, we need some help. And our help coming from from the Lord, but I'll tell you specifically, the, the help comes from the Holy Spirit. He helps you walk with Him. By the Spirit of God, Jesus is real. Without the Spirit of God, this is just boring. Don't say amen right there, children. I'll be offended. It's boring. It's just, can I get it over with? Where's the candy? You know, where's the fun? Where's the game time? And I love game time in the master club. But I want to say this. (laughs) Listen to me now. We ought to be excited and thrilled that we can worship in the Spirit and in the truth. And so by the Spirit, God takes the truth and brings it to your heart. And by the Spirit, He mortifies the deeds of the flesh and you walk out of here more like Jesus. And isn't that the ultimate goal in Christian life? Is to be more like Jesus? Come on, say amen. You ought to forgive like Jesus. Some of y'all hold grudges and some of you... Uh, let a grudge hold you and you're bitter that's not godly that's fleshly want to get even want to get mad want to get sad folks you ought to be excited that you can be like jesus and the only way you can be like jesus is is walk in the spirit it's joyful it's a it's a great life turn to psalm 16. Verse 11, the Bible says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of what, Jack? Joy. At thy right hand, their pleasures forevermore. What makes you smile? What makes you lie, laugh? What makes you cry? Your favorite team winning a ball, losing a ball game? What makes you mad? I was talking to somebody the other day. He said, I don't watch ball no more. I just, I just watch the recap on my phone because I get so mad watching it. I said, well, brother, that's probably good advice, but I'm going to get mad, sad, and glad I'm watching it. But I'll say this. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. At His presence, there's fullness of joy. And folks, the only way you can be in God's presence on this earth is with the leadership of the Spirit of God. It's the Lordship of the Spirit. It's folks loving God in the Spirit. Amen? If you're not careful, you're going to love yourself more than you love God. You're going to love your comfort more than you love God. I'll deal with suffering tonight and hope that God the Holy Spirit brings. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 says we ought to walk in wisdom, uh, walk circumspectly, and walk in the will of God, not wasting our time. Colossians 4, 5 says walk in wisdom towards those who are without. I'm going to tell you what's wise. Don't live your Christian life in the flesh. Don't live it alone. Don't handle the problems by yourself. I want to tell you something, friend. You can't even pray without the Spirit. Verse 24, 25, 26 and our great verse, Romans eight twenty-eight: all things work together. And I just want to close by saying this, folks, the delight in the spirit life, the delight is having victory over sin, Satan, and this sensual world. But it's having the privilege of being led by the Spirit of God. One other thing. I want you to look at verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's a rebuke today, and a lot of people living in fear and bondage to all this stuff that's going on. I think we ought to be cautious and wise, not foolish, but I believe we ought to be free from worry. Amen. Amen. Ninety-four percent of what you worry about, you can't do anything about, and the six percent that it would come true, you couldn't change it anyway, so why worry? Or does it come true? Folks, listen. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Look at verse 16. For the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that ye suffer with Him, that ye may also be glorified together. It was a cr- great day of persecution. Paul had been beat and scourged and stoned, um, shipwrecked in loneliness and nakedness and parable. Read it sometimes in uh, first, Second Corinthians. But I want to tell you something, friend. He said, listen, even if you suffer, it's a blessing to know that God's with you. God's with you. Folks, to be loved and blessed by God, number three is a delight on this earth. And folks, the blessing of freedom, not bondage. You're not subject to the flesh. You're not subject to the devil. You're a child of the king. You're joint heir with him. Friend, listen, you're more than conquerors, the verse says in verse uh, 37, of this same chapter. And then the blessing of peace. No fear. No fear. A lot of people live in the bondage of depression, the bondage of worry, the bondage of self-centeredness, the bondage of pride, the bondage of sin. But folks, it's wonderful to have peace with God and the peace of God and be careful for nothing. I feel like you ought to be concerned, but we shouldn't worry all the time. We shouldn't fret all the time. We shouldn't complain all the time. You know, some people are just negative. They're born that way and they'll die that way. But I want to tell you something, we ought to be the most positive people in the world. Because we do not belong to this world. And we don't walk according to the course of this world. We've been delivered to live a spiritual life of freedom. Freedom. And then the blessing of a loving relationship. Oh friend, a loving relationship of being a child of God. The love of God is on you. The love of God was manifested when He died on the cross. The love of God leads you through this world. And folks, I want to tell you, the bottom line of revival is, how much do you love God? And when you love God, everything else takes care of itself. And we can call Abba Father, that means we can call Him Papa. We can have a close relationship. Folks, it's a family, it's a loving relationship. And then we're heirs, but folks, we're not only heirs, but we're joint heirs with Jesus. What a blessing that is to know that the blessing of being a joint heir with Jesus. That folks, what Jesus has, we can have. What, how he blessed Jesus, he'll bless you. Joint heirs. And we're heirs together of the grace of life, the Bible says. That describes your marriage. It should. And so folks, the, it's future tense. Uh, the, 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 a lot of people were suffering during these days. They said, where is, the, where is God? You ever said that? God, where are you? aren't you with me? He's with you. He's just allowing you to go through what you go through so you'll be more like Him. And maybe that you'll yield more to the Spirit. And so let me close by saying the source of these riches is as heirs of God. We don't get our riches from this world. The Bible compares it in Ephesians as unsearchable riches. And then the size of that riches is joint heirs. There's no way to tell you, no way to tell you how much God would bless you if you yield to him. There's no way to even describe how wonderful heaven is, but I want to tell you something. The Bible says we can have the earnest of heaven now. What's that mean? Down payment. You're putting earnest money on something? Well, the down payment of heaven is the Spirit of God. And I want to say this. A lot of people are going to have to change their disposition when they get to heaven. Because they're sad all the time. But in heaven you will not be sad. A lot of people are pessimistic. A lot of people are down and out. A lot of people are sad and blue and depressed and discouraged. But folks, in heaven there will be no more of that and folks, right now the Bible says you can have the earnest of heaven. You know what that means? You have a little taste of heaven before you get there. That you can have heavenly peace, heavenly joy, heavenly power, and heavenly purpose if you'll just yield to the Spirit of God. You say, Preacher, how do I yield to the Spirit of God? Well, number one, you realize He's in you when you get saved. And number two is He wants to lead you after you get saved. So follow, yield. Simple as that. Obey. But the stipulation for this eternal inheritance is found in that last phrase. It says, So, if so, verse 17, it says, and If children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that you suffer with Him, that you may also be glorified together. Folks, the stipulation is that you Suffer with Christ. That says commitment. That says don't don't, uh, try to live this life for your comfort, for your wealth, for your entertainment, and for your advancement, but live for the glory of God and live for the furtherance of the gospel. Every time you suffer on this earth, the prospect of heaven should be a little more precious. The Spirit of God brings comfort texting with my dear friend and he said Brother Wayne I've never been through anything like this my wife on that vent and she's not home and she's not in her place at the church as a pastor's wife and I don't know what I'd do without Miss Connie being here in fact I told her the other day I said if you leave I'm going with you amen but I want to say this There's still peace and there's still joy and there's still purpose. But this suffering doesn't mean COVID. That's not what that means. The suffering means that you're persecuted for standing with God. And these days, there was a lot of suffering because there were Christians. And so Paul's writing to these suffering Christians saying, hey, listen, you're heirs, joint heirs with Jesus. You can be led by the Spirit of God, you're not a debtor of the flesh. You can be set free from the bondage of depression and discouragement and problems and trials. You can live for God as an heir, joint heir with Jesus. And you're more than a conqueror. And if God be for you, who can be against you? He goes on to say in verse 31. And folks, you're living beneath your God-given privilege if you're not yielded totally to the Spirit of God. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for the opportunity to preach one more time. And I trust in the Spirit that you allowed me to preach. And Lord, I know that your people here gathered not to hear what Wayne Coffield would say to them, but what the Holy Ghost, through the Word of God, would speak to their hearts. And I pray that you spoke to their heart. I pray, dear God, that you reminded them That they're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. That we're children of God and that we can call you in an endearment term of Abba, Father. Lord, thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Lord, I know that you're Almighty God and you are to be feared and reverenced. But dear God, you're my personal Heavenly Father. Not for me to use you for my gratification, but God for you to use me for your gratification. And so Lord, no matter what comes, may we be found faithful. But God will never be faithful without being yielded to the Spirit. And so I'm delighted. I'm so delighted to be a Christian. I'm so thrilled. To be saved in these last days, when the world's falling apart emotionally and even physically, and there's there's warfare on every corner, and there's people that are just defiant towards you and Lord shaking their fists at you, saying, "Why, God, I thank you that I'm your child, and that you can lead me this week in the path of righteousness for your namesake, only by the Spirit." So dear God, please help us to yield more of our time, our talents, our treasures, our entire life to Thee. God, we yield best we know how as Your tabernacle, Your vessel, Your tool to be a living witness of the reality and life of God as You flow through our lives. With every head bowed, every eye closed. How many you say, Preacher, I need the message this morning? there been a lot of things going on in my mind, in my heart, my life, that have been kind of perplexing and sometimes discouraging. And uh, I've tried to overcome it, but it's just hard. And I realize that I can't overcome it. I need the Spirit of God. And I'm so thankful I'm saved, but I need to draw closer to God as His child. Would you raise your hand that you need to draw closer to God? Amen, all of this place. Yield more to the Spirit. Praise God. That means stay in the Word. That means obey immediately what God prompts you to do by the Spirit of God. How many say, Preacher, I'm not saved? If I died right now, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. And if I live tomorrow, I don't have heavenly peace, heavenly joy, heavenly purpose, heavenly power. And I need to be saved from myself. And I need to be saved from the clutches of of the devil. And I need to be saved from a place called hell. And I need to be saved from this old world. I want to go to heaven. But I want to live for heaven before I get there. And preacher, I just need to be saved. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. I want to do the most I can do for you. I want to pray for you. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? Just say, preacher, pray for me. I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. The only thing that counts in Bethany's life Friday night was she really saved. That's the only thing that counts. And that determined where she's at right now. Right now. Anybody else say, preacher, I'm lost. I need to be saved. Anybody else? How many say this this morning, I need, some, I need some help. I need some prayer help. I got somebody way from God, living in the flesh, trying to overcome this world by just being more determined and maybe more rich and maybe more famous and maybe more satisfied with the things of the world. And I know they'll never be satisfied until they come back to the Lord. And your prayer for them is that they would get saved, or maybe they'd not just get saved, but they'd get spirit-filled if they're saved. And yield to God. And you know somebody on your heart this morning that you want us to pray to, for you, with you, for them. Would you slip your hand up on their behalf? Children, wives, husbands, neighbors, workmates, do you have a burden for others that are living beneath their privilege, Father? Thank you for the service this morning, God. I hadn't felt a lot, but I ain't going by feelings. I'm going by faith, Lord. I, there might not be a lot of response, but I ain't preaching for response. But I am preaching, dear God, that you'd be glorified, that you'd be honored, and God, that we would, as Christians, would live the spiritual life of victory, of fellowship, of love, of even overcoming suffering. And So Lord, thank you for your promise that we're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus because we can live the Spirit-filled life. In Jesus' name we pray. Save this one that raised their hand. Help them to come and we'll show them in the Bible how they can be saved. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for eternity. For all that you do in and through this message. In Jesus' name.